Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Mandy Hammond, and I'm filling in for our host, Melanie Hempy, today, and I am just so glad you have joined us. So welcome. If you are new, we're glad you found us. And for everybody else, welcome back to the show. So today I am really excited. We have this awesome ambassador program with ScreenStrong. And if you don't know about it, you should email us and find out about it. Our guest today is one of our ambassadors. She's gone through our training to become a public speaker with us. And really, she's a mom. She's a mom like me and like a lot of us that are passionate about this topic. And so we are having her on here today. And her name is Sarah. We're going to keep a lot of the details of her family anonymous today, just out of privacy for her, her son. So just so you know that. But we are so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So we're going to jump right in today, and I think it's so important for families to know that they're not alone, and I know I felt a little alone a little over a year ago when we started making changes in our home around screens, and you know what? Actually, I still feel a little alone today, and so it's fun to know that there are other families out there that are living this lifestyle, and unfortunately, all of us came to this conclusion because maybe something happened to us. I always say I'm just a mom with a screen story, you know, so today I'm really excited for you to share your story just because I think it can be really empowering to our listeners. So I'm just going to give you the mic and just say, hey, tell us about your family story and how kind of you got to be where you are now. Great. Yeah, thank you. I I love talking about it too, because it's something that I'm so passionate about. So I think my friends and family are tired of hearing from me. So I'm glad to have someone else that I can share it with. I'm a mom, like you said. Uh, we have four children. We have they they range in age 16, 14, 12, and then five. Oh wow! And so we're we're super busy. I homeschool some of them, and then um, some of them go to public school currently. So lots going on. We're a pretty active family. We're really avid bicyclers, and we love to camp, hike. You know, we're a very active outdoor family. And from the time that our kids were young, we were very screen limited. So. There were many years when we didn't even have a TV. Uh, once we did get a TV, you know, we would mostly just do family movies, family movie night uh, once a week or so. Mm-hmm. We never allowed video games or anything like that. And then we did, um, once our oldest got to high school, uh, we did allow her to have a phone, but that was like many years after all of her all of her friends and everyone else had had a phone. So we felt like we had held off quite a bit on that. That was all really intentional and it was going fairly well. I mean, we kept busy and active and we didn't have a lot of conflict with our kids. Of course, they would, you know, a lot of times they would say, why can't we have a phone like our friends or why can't we do video games like our friends? And it was just like, well, this is the family choice that we've made and we're happy with it. And for the most part, that was, that was great um, until our kids became teenagers. (laughs) And then, um, like I said, we, we did allow our daughter to get a cell phone and saw pretty quickly that that was going to be a challenge. So we went through a lot of kind of negotiations with her and plans and things like that. Um, She has a type of personality where she's pretty easygoing. And so she, for the most part, kind of went along with the restrictions that we placed. You know, things were going pretty well. Well, then our, our second, who is our son, he at the time was 13. So this was all this all happened about last year. Like things were going pretty well until last year. 
unfortunately, it all kind of started with an iPad. So like I said, we didn't have any handheld devices. We were pretty screen limited, but my son in a uh, video contest, like he created a video for part of his homeschool curriculum Mm -hmm. and he won an iPad on this contest that he had entered. And so we thought, oh, wow, like a free iPad. That's pretty awesome. You know, at the time we thought it was great. And now looking back, not so great, but um, he won that iPad. And so it was kind of his, we still had a lot of rules and restrictions on it, but it just kind of opened a new door into our family that we hadn't had before, which was the handheld device world. We had never done video games before, but uh, we were homeschooling and a lot of his friends, even this was even a little bit before COVID hit, but a lot of his homeschool friends were very, very big gamers. And that's like what a lot of them would do to connect with people, quote unquote, socially, knowing what I know now, I'm like, that's not really socially, but that's kind of, you know, the thing that a lot of uh, the friends in his group were doing is connecting through video games. And so he begged and begged and begged, can I please get Minecraft on the iPad? And so for a long time we held off, but, um, you know, he has a very, very strong and persistent personality. And after lots of begging and pleading and demanding and, you know, everything, we finally relented. I have to say that, you know, knowing what I know now, of course, I am just so upset that I even made that decision that, that we consented for him to do that. But I have to remind myself to give myself grace. And I heard something one time that was just like, you know, we make the best decision that we can based on the information that we have. We can't judge ourselves for the, inf- or, you know, for the decisions that we made in the past. Well, and you were probably thinking, well, how harmless is, I mean, Minecraft's pretty harmless, right? I mean, right, right. I, I would have told myself that and I did as well. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, he, he asked for other games too. You know, he wanted Fortnite, he wanted all these other ones that his friends were playing. And Minecraft, we felt like was the quote, safest one. It was kind of, you know, maybe a little bit educational or creative. And so that was, those are kind of all the justifications that we used. And at the time, it really did seem like a a good decision for him to be able to socialize with his friends. And then of course, once COVID hit, then we were actually like grateful, you know, oh, thank goodness he has this this way that he's still able to communicate and, and socialize with his friends. And so at the time, it really seems like, a you know, we were still trying to be intentional with the decisions that we were making, and we felt we felt good about it at that time. But pretty quickly, we started to notice some behavior changes with him. You know, he's a pretty happy, fun-loving, you know, he likes to joke and tease. Also with his younger brother, they're really, really good friends, and they played a lot together. And so we had a really great family dynamic going, but not too long after we started allowing the video games. And I should mention, um, we had pretty, you know, strict restrictions. It was generally like an hour a day that he was allowed to use. Sometimes we'd allow a little bit more, but it wasn't like he was playing all day or anything like that. But even with the limited time that he was on it, we started really noticing very quickly some behavior change. So his mood would change. He would become very, very agitated either, you know, during the game, like if his younger siblings would come up and say, hey, do you want to play? He would like yell at them, go away. I'm busy. You know, he would just get very agitated when it was time to get off. You know, he knew the screen time expectations, but even with warnings and things like that, when it was time to get off, he was begging for more. He would be very angry at getting off. It was it was really 
kind of almost frightening for us to see this change in our son that had been such a delight before. Did you, um, let me just cut in there real quick. Did you initially think, oh, this must be because this game we've allowed, or were you starting to question, you know, what's going on with him? What, you know, what was your initial gut reaction? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, at first it was like, uh, well, I guess he's a teenager. Like I get, you know, cause he was 13. Okay. So I guess this is what teenagers do. You know, I guess teenagers are angry and they have hormone changes. And so we honestly attributed it to being a teenager at first. And then also with COVID, you know, the isolation. So we really didn't link it to the video game quickly at all. That wasn't really forefront on our mind. And it is hard to say, cause you know, that is the age that he's at. And so I'm sure that some of that could be at play as well, mm-hmm. but um, it definitely corresponds. Looking back, it was a huge impact was that screen time. So anyway, we we started noticing that it was a problem. The other big thing that we noticed was motivation. So he's a very driven, motivated young man generally. He, you know, if he wants something, he's going <laughs> to stop at nothing until he gets it as was evidence with his his (laughs) Minecraft. (laughs) But you know, just in life, like he loves sports, he loves to be active, he's very involved. And so once that started going away, it was shocking. Like uh, he had wanted to try out for basketball. um, And so we had got him signed up for this basketball camp to get ready. Then like he stopped wanting to go to camp, he didn't want to go and he started flat out refusing, like, I don't feel well, you know, I'm not in the mood for it. I'm too tired. All these different excuses why he didn't want to go to camp. And so he ended up not going to most of his basketball camp. We were doing other things to try to motivate him. Like my husband joined a gym with the two of them to try to, you know, go work out together to get ready for basketball and try to get him to practice. And it was literally like pulling teeth every time we would try to pry him away from his screen and do something else or even when he wasn't on the screen to get him to go do something else. Like he just wanted to sit around and all he wanted to do was play video games. And I think one of the wake up calls for me was, you know, fast forward a few months to Christmas time. And so at Christmas we were saying, you know, what are some things that you want for Christmas as we, as it got near. And that's when the red flags started hitting because he was like, all I want is for you to let me have more screen time or I want, you know, like a subscription to Minecraft or everything that he asked for. Every single thing on his list was about Minecraft or video games or something along those lines. And that's when my husband and I were like, this is really sad that our son who went from being super involved and active and happy has gone now to being withdrawn, sullen, angry, and totally unmotivated. And I should mention, he didn't make the basketball team. He did go out for it, but of course um, he hadn't put in the the necessary work. And so he didn't make it. And that was a huge blow. And that was all around in December when that all kind of hit. That's when we started putting the pieces together. Like, okay, you know, we've seen a lot of decline over the past few months. And what happened a few months ago? Oh, we got Minecraft. Yeah. At that time, I had actually, I'm I'm on Facebook in a pretty limited capacity. I don't get on a lot, but I do get on for 
um, the connections, you know, the, the kind of crowdsourcing when you have a problem. <laughs> so I went on to Facebook, you know, just kind of expressed that I was having trouble with my teenage son with screens and wondered, you know, if anyone had had a similar experience and if they had any tips or advice. At first, I was directed to a different tech group, a parenting tech group. And I um, appreciated a lot of the comments there, but I still just felt like it wasn't quite what I was looking for, that I just I just felt like something was kind of off. Um, I couldn't put my, my finger on what it was, but I just was continually searching. And I think it was actually through that initial um, Facebook group that someone else introduced me to the Screen Strong Families group. And so as soon as I got onto the Screen Strong Families group and started just reading the content, I just knew, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Like, and I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional because it was like, I, I still remember when I first found the page, I was like, these people understand what I'm going through. Yeah. And I just felt like I had kind of found my people <laughs> finally, because, you know, I had talked to local friends, like friends in my community and no one really had the same experience as me or they didn't recognize a problem. And they're like, yeah, I mean, that's kids, that's teenagers, that's the world we live in. That's kind of what, you know, what we're going to deal with. But when I found the Screen Strong Facebook group, I just like could not get enough. I was reading all the books and listening and just looking at all the comments, reading all the comments. And like I said, I don't usually go on Facebook. And so my husband's like, what are you doing on Facebook? And I'm like, I am just looking at this group and absorbing all this information. So I immediately went out and I went to library first and got all the books that I could find at the library and then started going to thrift books and buying all the other books because I just really felt like this was what I had been looking for and like was kind of the answer to my prayers that I had been struggling with and seeking. So that's how I found Screen Strong. We did the Screen Strong Challenge as a family. Uh, that was a big challenge at first with my son. <laughs> Tell us about that because I don't think we have a lot of people on here that have really explained what that initial first seven days looked like. Like, tell us a little, just a, just a touch on like, how did you prepare for that? How did you prepare your kids for that? How did you come together and say, this is what we're going to do? Sure. First, I had to get my husband on board. Uh, my husband is pretty like-minded as me, I would say, but he really didn't, I don't think, see as much of the issue that I did with the video games. I think he kind of just thought, you know, he's a teenage boy and it's normal. We don't let him play games that much. So it's probably not, you know, affecting him that much. Pretty early on when I read the first book that I read, I'm trying to remember, I, I read Glow Kids pretty early on, but then I think the first book that I really, really resonated with was Breaking the Trance. Yes. I read Breaking the Trance. I went to that book club and I was like, this is just everything that I've been looking for. I felt like it just broke everything down so, you know, helpfully and just saying, this is what to look for. You know, these are some tests that you can take to measure how big of a problem it is. And just, you know, I felt like it was so practical and so useful in everyday life. And so I told my husband, you have got to read this book. Um, and so he did. And as he was reading it, he would say, oh, wow. You know, he just kept saying like, oh my gosh, you were right. I just can't believe this. And so it really opened up his eyes too. And so once we had both read that first book, we sat down and said, okay, we need to do the screen, the screen strong challenge. And so we talked about how we were going to implement that as a family. 
And we knew we would get a lot of kickback from our son. And so we, we did give him a little bit of warning. You know, we didn't want it to just be like all of a sudden, okay, no more screens. It was, you know, we said, okay, we're going to have this family time. I think it was over winter break or something. And what we did is we just focused on like a lot of the fun things. So kind of, I, I think someone's talked about this before, but instead of focusing on what you can't do, focus on what you can. And so we planned all these really fun activities mm-hmm. and we're just like, you know, this week dad's going to take time off work. We're all going to be together as a family. And these are all the fun things we are going to do. Oh, by the way, we're not going to be using, you know, video games or um, cell phones or anything. So he was pretty skeptical and resistant, but, you know, he was also excited about the fun things. We went rock climbing. We took a long bike ride. Like we did a bunch of fun things. And so it went better, I think, than we thought it would. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest thing, honestly, was after <laughs> the challenge because that was a week and we told him that it was going to be a week. And so he was thinking, I can do anything for a week and it's a super fun week. Yes. Uh, once we got back into real life and he realized that this was going to be a new lifestyle, that's when we really, really got the kickback. And so during that screen strong week, we had ordered a gab phone. So I should mention he, he had his iPad. He also had an iPhone that was not connected uh, as a phone, but that he could use that, that a family member had given him. So both of those got taken away. We actually bought the iPad from him. We told him, you know, we will price out what an iPad would cost and we will pay you that much in cash because I know that you earned this iPad. It was your reward. Um, and so that seemed fair. And so we, we gave him that cash to kind of soften the blow. <laughs> and we told him that, you know, we're not doing iPods anymore or iPads. And here's his new Gap phone. He was really, really angry. So he didn't talk to us for like three days. <laughs> oh, wow. He really didn't want to come out of his room. He would not come and eat dinner. I honestly don't know. He's a pretty voracious eater. <laughs> he's a growing teenage boy. And so I was like, oh my gosh, he's not eating. I've just never even seen this before. What do I do? Of course, I posted on the Facebook page and got such good feedback and encouragement from so many people on there that was like, you're doing the right thing. It's okay that he's mad. It's okay. You know, push through, don't give up. And so I think that really just gave me the courage to, to say, okay, this is a hard time, but I've done hard things before I can push through this and I will. We kept going. And after three days, he came back a different kid. Oh my gosh. I just got goosebumps. (laughs) No, I, I'm like getting choked up because he, he came back to himself and he, it was like, he realized that we were serious about this. It wasn't just something that we were, you know, gonna, gonna relent on, like we had relented on him in the past. And so Mm -hmm. he recognized, okay, well, I'm not happy about it, but I guess what choice do I have? I've got to move on. And so he started going out and playing with the neighborhood kids again. And he, you know, went out to the the garage and he started getting all the, the sports equipment. So now they do tennis like every day outside and they do basketball and they do skateboarding and they do bike rides, like all those things that he had just completely stopped doing. 
now he does that every day. It's amazing. And he is, you know, he still teases and he still gets grumpy. I won't say that he's happy 100% of the time, but just his whole demeanor has totally changed. And he plays with his little siblings again. In fact, my younger kids are like all in on the screen free because they see the change that it's made in him and just the change that it's brought to our family. And my husband and I have, you know, it's been really good for us too, because I think we had kind of, you know, we've got, we'd gotten a little lazy where we weren't really being so, uh, what's the word, intentional about creating family together time and family active time. I mean, we'd kind of get busy with our projects and with our work and things like that. And it's kind of forced us to say, okay, we need to replace that that screen time with positive, fun things so that we don't get so much kickback. And so we joined a rock climbing gym. We now have what we call family fun Saturdays. And so we, we do a family fun night on Friday, but a lot of times there's friends here as well. But um, we've implemented family fun Saturdays where we spend a couple hours in the morning, um, like cleaning the house and yard. We say, okay, everybody, we're all going to work together. And then we're going to have this fun activity for the rest of Saturday. And then we kind of rotate through our kids. So we have four kids. So it kind of works out where, you know, the first Saturday of the month, our oldest chooses and then so on. And so they each get a say in what they want to do. And, um, you know, sometimes they'll choose kayaking or sometimes um, my my youngest loves mini golf. And so he always wants to do mini golf on his week. But, you know, it's something like that where we're intentionally playing together as a family and having a lot of fun that doesn't involve screens. And so it's kind of retrained all of our mind that before it kind of used to be like family fun night is we'd go watch a movie together. And we still do that. We still do that once in a while. We've kind of said that, you know, once a month, if we want to do a family movie night, that's fine. But we're really intentional about saying, let's go find some fun things to do. And we've just had so much fun as a family. I love this. So what would you say your family dynamic is like now? Oh, it is so much better. I will say that he still, we haven't got to the point yet where he is like 100% happy (laughs) with it. I I don't know if that time will ever come, but he, he doesn't ask for it all the time. He, he will say like, when do you think I can get an actual smartphone? Like, although his, this is kind of a funny story. He, um, his gab phone, his first one broke because he was out playing soccer or kickball or something with his friends and someone stepped on his gab phone. And so it cracked. And so we bought him a new one. And when it came in the mail, it was so cute because he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't think I'd ever be this excited over a gab phone, but I totally am. (laughs) And then he's like, don't tell anyone that I said that. (laughs) He does, he does use his gab phone to talk and text. We do allow him to text. I, I wish he didn't, but he does talk more than he texts. So that's good. And he's not, you know, glued to it all the time. No, because there's nothing to do on it. I think that's what we loved about the Gab phone is that I realized it was sitting on the counter more than anything. Exactly. You know, because there's nothing to do on it. So there's no reason to really pick it up. Exactly. And so whenever I see it in his hands, I know that he's actually having a conversation with someone. You know, it's taken out a lot of the worry. My big, Our biggest struggle right now, they have Chromebooks at school. And Mm -hmm. so we have not, we've kind of threatened that if he can't keep the Chromebook usage under control, that we will go into his school and discuss with them, you know, getting off the Chromebook. But since we had that conversation, he's, he has been really good about only using it for his schoolwork. And we do check it periodically 
They have to bring their Chromebooks and their Gab phones into our bedroom every night. We have a little charging dock and every all the electronics in the whole house come into our room at night and charge there. And so periodically we'll look through his history and my daughter's history on their school Chromebooks just to make sure that they're using them responsibly. And they mm-hmm. are, you know, I'm looking forward to summer where we don't have to deal with those Chromebooks anymore. But I feel like they're doing a pretty good job navigating that where they are getting their schoolwork done. And then they're just going outside and playing, which is awesome. I know. Isn't that a wonderful thing to witness? Oh, I honestly never thought that we would see the day. Like I honestly, when I was in the midst of that, with his behavior and him being so angry, I felt so helpless. I didn't know what to do. I felt so powerless. Like I didn't feel like I could take it away. My biggest fear when he was going through all that was if I take it away, he's going to hate me. And, you know, I don't want to lose a good relationship with my son. Like I want to have a good relationship. And then I started thinking, (laughs) we don't have a good relationship though. (laughs) Like he's angry all the time. That's not a good relationship. And then I also started thinking about, you know, when my kids were younger, like I didn't just let them run out in the street, even if they wanted to, or even if they would get mad, if I told them to play on the sidewalk, like there's some things that we have to do for our kids that they're upset about, but we can't pass the buck as parents. Like it's still our responsibility to say no, even if they might get mad. Yeah. Just for their protection. Because, you know, as we talk about in Screen Strong a ton is the whole brain development piece. And they're, when I realized as a parent, this was a brain development issue and not in a bad way. It's just that their brains are not developed until 25. So why am I expecting them to monitor and manage all these things. That's why I'm their parents, because I'm supposed to help them do that because they don't know what's best for themselves all the time. That's why we all grow up and look back and say, oh, our parents were right, you know, because as adults, we can see it clearer. So that's, that's huge. Yeah. And we use that still because he does bring it up sometimes where why do you and dad get to have smartphones and we can't? And I'm like, I'm 40. (laughs) So when you're 40, you go ahead and have a smartphone. Like, you know, we didn't get our smartphones until we were probably in our 30s, at least late 20s. You know, I'm able to say, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not expecting anything of you that I didn't do. And I did not have a cell phone, even not even a gab phone when I was in high school. And I survived just fine. (laughs) I love that. I need to use that even on my kids still. (laughs) That's a great, a great tip. So because obviously you're an ambassador for us now, with Screen Strong. We're so happy to have you. And I've loved hearing all the details of your story a little bit more. I'm just so proud of you and your family. Tell us now, tell our audience a little bit about like, what are you doing in your community to help other parents like you? Because, you know, we run into them all the time. This is such a, you know, it's not, I always try to tell my friends, like, I'm not sitting over here perfect. And my kids are perfect. It's like, no, this is an issue in everybody's homes, any home across America and really the world, especially after COVID. So what are you finding your situations you're finding yourself in that you can help others experience the same success that you guys have had? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's been huge on my mind because, you know, I really want my kids to have friends that they can play with without the screens. I mean, I don't want to just say, okay, we're screen free. And so we're completely isolated from the rest of, you know, society. And so I've really been making an effort to kind of get other people on board or at least get them a little more raise awareness in my community about this to find like-minded parents. And so I did post on my Facebook wall a little while ago, just about how transformative transformative this group has been, how I really love the mission of Screen Strong. I'm all in on it and what a great thing it has done for our family. 
And I had a ton of people reach out um, after I posted that. I've had a lot of friends, both locally and then, you know, all over the country kind of say, wow, tell me more. And so it's started the conversation with lots of people, which has been awesome. Most recently, we started, our family started a couple of different groups. And for my 12-year-old who homeschools, we started a screen-free meetup where every week with kids close to her age, we call it Adventure Club. We're pretty clear, you know, at the start of it that we said, this is a screen-free meetup. Please don't bring any screens. If you want to bring walkie-talkies, you're, you're totally welcome to. And then what we do is we, we meet and the moms will sit and chat while the kids will go out. And we usually try to meet at a park or a forest or something where they can just go out and have an adventure kind of on their own because they're at that age where they need a little bit of independence, but we're still close by in case, you know, Um, anyone gets hurt or anything like that. So they take their walkie talkies and their pocket knives and everything. And they go out and build forts. And a lot of times just play games. They'll say, what did you do today? And they're like, we just played games and um, whatever they want to do. And so we meet um, every week for that. And that has been awesome. And then we've been able, you know, the moms and I have just had this nice chance to talk about how great it is to have them playing. And some of the moms in the group, you know, still allow video games and may not be fully aligned with like the screen strong idea, but it's just been a nice opportunity for us to find other friends who at least are willing to put their screens away to have those face-to-face interactions. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And people are looking for that. Yeah, they are. And that's been going really well. Like we've had a lot of people just saying, thank you so much. Like, when are we going to do the next one? They're super excited. So that's gone really well. And so now with my high schoolers, we organize one that will start once they get out of school where we're meeting two to three times a week over the summer um, for screen-free activities. And so we kind of put together a whole, we brainstormed a whole bunch of fun, tech-free ideas, you know, everything from sporting things where, you know, they're doing kickball or dodgeball, soccer, or disc golf, ultimate frisbee, you know, so some of those outdoor active games. And then we also have some other options for indoors for when it's super hot outside or we want to do indoors like board games or, you know, minute to win it, like those type of things. And so my kids had a ton of fun coming up with different ideas that they thought would be fun. And then we just kind of sent out a big email to tons of different families that we thought might be and just said, you know, this is going to be a screen free time for people to just come and, and enjoy it. My kids are super excited about it. I just love this so much. And we're at such a great time in the summer that, you know, so many more options seem to be open to us for these type of things. And what a great, I just love that you're giving people an opportunity to come in, even if, like you said, they're not all about the screen strong lifestyle at this point, but it just gives them an opportunity to take a break from it all and to realize what they are missing, you know? Um, Cause I, I just, I try to remind myself and remind others, it's not about restricting these screens. It's about replacing them with amazing things, with real memories, with, you know, your kids are going to remember this forever, where maybe some of their peers who are playing video games all summer are going to look back and not remember this summer because they don't, all they're going to remember is maybe what they did on the game, maybe, but you know, but not all these awesome adventures in a forest. And it just sounds great. I'm just, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I am too. Like if you had told me a year ago, like a year ago, I just feel like everything felt so bleak. And I just have like this renewed hope and this renewed joy for life, really, that to see my kids happy and living fulfilling lives, that's, that's my ultimate goal. I am just so grateful to Screen Strong for helping me to have kind of the tools to navigate this change. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad that we were able to help you and 
And this, and you being on this podcast is going to be able to help many others. You're paying it forward for sure. So as we close um, today, what off the cuff word of advice would you give to parents who find themselves just right in the trenches like you have been and you currently are? I mean, you're still living it out. So what would your word of advice for parents be? Yeah, I think I love something that I read in Breaking the Trance. I wish I I should have marked it. I don't have the direct quote, but I know that he talked about not feeling guilty and not allowing your kids to shame you or make you feel guilty. That really hit home with me. Just in general, I had a lot of guilt around the fact that I allowed him to have this iPad. I allowed him to have Minecraft. Like I have actually caused and created this problem or at least allowed it in my home and while I was kind of wallowing in that shame and guilt, it was actually not helpful at all. Um, I had to just give myself grace and recognize that, you know, I made the best decisions that I could at that time with the information that I had. I wasn't trying to hurt my son. Um, I wasn't trying to make a bad decision. I was really trying to do what I thought was best. It doesn't do me any good to feel shame or feel guilt. What I needed to do was just get out of that and say, okay, that's in the past. That's done. I can't change the past, but I sure can change the future. Like what can I do right now to change it? And I think that that is just so key for me is don't look back. Just say, okay, here's where we're at. We never thought that we'd be here, but we are. So what can we do moving forward? And if that's take the screen strong challenge or, you know, whatever that is, even if it's just baby steps, like, limiting the time, cutting back the time, whatever, whatever step you can make right now, just look forward. And I think that that is key. Just give yourself some grace for what's happened in the past and move forward. I love that. I love that. At any point we can change the direction that we're going. It's up to us. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. That was amazing. Thank you so much for, for letting me come and chat. So if you want to learn more about becoming a ScreenStrong representative or an ambassador, we now have that up and running on our website. Um, If you go to ScreenStrong.com, there's information there how to join a group, start a group in your community, kind of like Sarah was talking about. Or if you're interested in being an ambassador with us and aligning with our message and getting it out in an educational way, contact us for that as well. We would love to have you as part of the team. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with somebody you know. You can head over to our website to donate as we are a nonprofit, and so that helps us continue this type of work. You can also learn more about our Screen Strong Challenge that we talked about today on there. And then we also have this awesome new free resource called Kids, Brains, and Screens 101. It's this awesome educational experience. Um, It's like a module that you click through, and it's fabulous to go through on your own or with a group of friends. And then of course, make sure to join our Screen Strong Families Facebook group. It's a private group of parents like Sarah had mentioned them today where she found support and we would love to support you there as well. So remember, we've got your back and we're here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Stay strong.